Next on Making Sense of the Madness, the fake do-gooders at the World Economic Forum are letting the veil slip to show their true agenda. Two parents who were concerned about their child who got a staph infection from mask wearing, they never thought that standing up for their daughter's health would turn into a nationwide mission. Also, Christopher Key joins us to talk about the new monkeypox pandemic and how to hold tyrants accountable. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda right now. It's, it's sad to say, I'm in the process of throwing 30 million doses into the garbage because nobody wants them. Uh, we have a big demand problem. We right now have uh, governments, we try to contact, not only Seth, who is doing great work with his team trying to get demand into the countries, but also we contacted through the, Washington's in, uh, the embassies in Washington, every country, and nobody wants to take them. That's right. Despite the most coordinated fear campaign in the history of mankind, there's no demand whatsoever for the COVID jab to the point where they're throwing 30 million doses in the garbage. Well, boohoo. The World Economic Forum had another session later called Profiting from Pain, where they discussed the massive profits from vaccines during the pandemic. What a self-reflective group of central planners they are. Well, Christine Lagarde from the IMF, one of the most powerful policymakers in the world, suggested that the old people of the world are just a liability now, and we should just get rid of them from voluntary suicide. I would say that we should vote her out, but she's not even elected. You see how that works? In a session about energy policy, it turns out the central planners who flew into the event on their private jets haven't actually gotten around to buying those electric vehicles that they're always trying to force on the rest of us. Let's take a look. So I'm going to throw this immediately out to the audience and say, how many of you are driving an electric vehicle at the moment? One, two, three, four. So I would say that probably constitutes less than 5% of the persons uh, sitting here in this room. Yes, pretty ironic and pretty hypocritical. The World Health Organization recently announced plans for an international pandemic treaty tied to a digital passport and digital ID system. Meeting in December 2021, special session for only the second time in the World Health Organization's founding, not only do they want us to give up our sovereignty, our national sovereignty, our individual sovereignty, they want us to be trackable and surveillable. And this is only the public part of their agenda. That's it for the breaking news headlines. Next, Kimberly and Jonathan Reichs will tell the story of how two regular parents became national activists as we get back. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, and political instability, they all have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. They can also cause gold and silver to go up. There's a time to be in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, and there's a time to get out. This is the time to hold gold and silver. Kirk Elliott, double PhD, has been protecting individual Americans' assets for more than two decades. Hi, I'm Kirk Elliott. There's no such thing as a bad investment. There's only bad timing for investments. And now is the time to own gold and silver. 
Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, a 401k, and of course, outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets. Please call 720-605-3900, 720-605-3900 for gold, silver, and undeniable economic protection against out-of-control government. Kimberly and Jonathan Reichs were just two parents of a kindergartner until their daughter got a staph infection from wearing a mask. That's when everything changed. Let's take a look. So our journey began with our little girl, Olivia, in school getting masked abused by Ankeny School District in Ankeny, Iowa. This is our little girl, Olivia. Like many kids around the world, our schools were forced to, our first was, our schools were forcing our kids to wear masks at school. While some kids, it didn't have effect. It didn't have any kind of negative effect on their skin or anything like that. Unfortunately, for our little girl, it did. The mask caused a staph infection on our little girl four different times. And because of this mask, rash that happened. We had to see two different doctors and put on five different medications. She was on two orals and three topicals and none of which got the mask clear, the rash cleared up. So that's when the school decided that they are the doctor decided that they needed to write her a medical exemption. So we got her a medical exemption due to the rash. We turned it into school on December 7th. On December 7th, which happened to be Olivia's sixth birthday. She started kindergarten this year, or this last year. And so when we turned it in, they then segregated my little girl. They put her on one side of the room compared to the other. Not only was she segregated in her classroom, she was segregated at lunch, at recess, and she even had to stand at the end of the line each and every day, six feet away from the very last person. This not only had a physical effect on her, it also started affecting her mentally. She started coming home and isolating herself from our family. So there you have it. It was an interesting uh, clip to just learn a little bit of the background here. Uh, but uh, we didn't get to hear Jonathan's story there. Uh, Jonathan, when did you actually start to get involved? At first, uh, my understanding is that it was Kimberly who, who kind of stepped up and then she kind of convinced you along the way. Can you tell that story, Jonathan? Most definitely, Sean. The uh, crazy part about all this is I was actually the one that was not supportive on this. So my wife faced a lot when she was going through this uh, fight to unmask the children in Iowa and especially our daughter. That's what, uh, of course, started this whole thing. And it was so severe that it uh, almost broke up the nuclear family. So we got to a point in our relationship, the, the night that my wife went in to go sign the uh, bill into law with the governor, I didn't see anything out of this. I literally saw we were being attacked by uh, everything you could name it. She, we were fighting with the school board. We were fighting with the, the principals and the uh, echelons throughout the school system. We were fighting with uh, or trying to get through to politicians and all of that stuff. And my wife was instrumental in doing all those stages throughout that. And at one point that uh, I had turned to my wife that night and 
I, I was more or less not the activist into this piece. I was more of a pacifist in the sense of uh, making sure everything on the home front was taken care of. I was taking care of the kids. I was literally cooking, cleaning, doing everything you can possibly imagine that normal men do not do on a regular basis. And we have seven kids, so you can only imagine what that meant. So at one point, I, I finally hit my breaking point with this, and I, I turned to my wife that night and I said, Kimberly, you are not making a difference and nothing you are doing is, is going to change anything. And we were at the point of potential divorce and the whole nine yards throughout this process. And that night, my wife went over and uh, she, I went to bed early because we had just fought. So after I got all the kids laid down and everything, I went to bed early. And at 1.15 in the morning, I woke up and realized my wife wasn't in bed next to me. And uh, so I don't usually wake up in the middle of the night except for whatever other reasons that happened. But uh, I woke up and nothing, no alarms, no nothing went off that would have stirred me. And I noticed she wasn't there. So it was what I like to refer to as the God moments. God woke me up. And I called my wife and I'm like, hey, where you at? Uh, I don't see you on the camera. I don't see anything. She's like, I'm just pulling into the driveway. And... She had just gotten back from signing the bill with the governor and she didn't even want to tell me about it because of our fight. So I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry that we were at the stages we were and uh, it's made us closer and everything in our relationship and our family's relationship in the long run, even though our family uh, also has to make sacrifices for us to be as active as we've been as since then i've been the podcast producer her leading sales rep her web designer you name it i'm literally doing everything for uh kim and uh the the movement forward and working with and i've actually and i'm deathly afraid of public speaking you never would have guessed this but i'm absolutely deathly afraid of public speaking and i've actually got up and spoke on the uh, clay clark tour now and uh, i'm scheduled to speak some more as well so I literally have to give myself a motivational speech every time I come on to something like this. <laughs> well, it is very so. humbling uh, that you that you doubted at the critical time, but the fact that you're sharing that humbling moment uh, inspires other people because it isn't for the faint of heart. It isn't easy with a family of seven uh, or even a family of one to stand up to these types of things. There's, you're going to get a lot of resistance. Uh, it's uh, it's whoever has the most endurance wins these things. Uh, Kimberly, can you explain to us what what bill with the governor is Jonathan talking about? He's talking about the bill H eight eight four seven HF eight four seven, and that was a bill to unmask children in public schools K through twelve um, to because of our daughter. And we got that law passed on May 20th of last year. And it was one of those like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this just happened moment. Um, because we started first protesting against the mask with our school and the governor just on March 23rd of the, that same year. And within like a couple of weeks, um, we went from protesting in front of our schools and our children in our schools fighting against us to put masks on our kids 
to us passing a law that got our kids' faces free. And the day that that happened was amazing. The kids absolutely were glowing the next morning because she signed it at one at 1230 in the middle of the mo- in the morning. And by six o'clock a.m., the schools had to send out an email to everybody saying we are not no longer can force to mask. And the just when we walked our kids to school that day, the spirits and the feeling that we got from all the kids was just amazing. The glow on their faces, the happiness in their laughter was all back. And it was all because we decided we were going to stand up. We can't be silent anymore. And I encourage everybody to do the same thing because you can do it. I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I don't have a doctor's degree. I don't have a lawyer's degree. I don't have a big name behind behind who I am. I'm just a mom wanting to help my child. And I ended up helping a lot more kids. And I'm, and I want to encourage others to do the same. Absolutely. And uh, I've seen those videos where you tell kids they don't have to wear masks anymore. And they just scream with joy at being like released from a type of abuse. So it's, it's an amazing feeling, I bet, to, to play a role in that. And, and the missing ingredient has been courage. And perhaps knowledge that some people just aren't doing the research, aren't doing the due diligence to find out what is the truth. But then once they find it, find out the truth, are they going to stand up for it and take the risks and sacrifices involved? Let's take a look at the type of um, speaking that you do at these school board meetings. Uh, we're going to take, uh, you have two video clips. So we'll take a, a look at one first and then we'll get your feedback on what it takes for you to be that courageous. Work, then why are we still in the exact same place we were a year and a half ago? Technically, shouldn't we be in a better place today than we were a year and a half ago? I mean, with the life-saving vaccines that are out there and all the masks that you force upon our children? If masks really worked and you guys are doing what's best for the community, then why isn't each and every one of you wearing a mask right now? Why didn't Lori turn in her ballots into a school building without a mask and then post it on Facebook? I guess what she does is okay, but what my kid does is not. How is that right? This is nothing more than a political show to somehow regain your power. But I want you guys to remember who gave you that power. That was we, the parents, gave you the power to be sitting there. And we, the parents, will be taking back our power on November 2nd. Yeah, so what did it take, Kimberly, for you to get up that type of courage to stand up to people who normally are perceived as the ones in charge? Uh, that's actually, that took a lot for me because honestly, I am more nervous to go speak in front of a board member of eight than I am to speak in front of 4,000 people at a Clay Clark event. Like the schools make their environment very intimidating because they do not want parents like us in there. They do not want us coming in there and questioning what they are doing. Why are they doing things the way they are? They don't want us there. And so they will make you feel as uncomfortable as they possibly can. But I just said, you know what? It's my kids. It's one thing to come after me, but when you start coming after my kids, that's a whole new ball game and nothing will stop me from doing what is right for them. Well, in, absolutely. I'm speak in, in this, on, go ahead, Jonathan. I'm going to speak on the uh, atmosphere that they present okay. on that. 
So they set up a horseshoe around you and it's all staged up higher. So they're always talking down to you every single time. So when you, you literally are bombarded by uh, seven plus or even less than some boards are five um, people that are looking down upon you and you're stuck in the middle centralized in that room where they're all surrounding you. Does that make uh, an atmosphere to be able to state your case or to present there? It feels like you're being judged or you're on trial when you go into that piece. And that's what she's referring to when she talks about how the atmosphere setup is for these board meetings. So, sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off on that, Sean, of course. No, that's 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 a good point. They, they make you feel like you're the child and they are the adults and, and they are the authorities. When in reality, it's the opposite, right? So you are the parents, it's your taxes that are paying for all this stuff. And, and it's you who should be setting the policy. Uh, let's watch the next clip because this is another issue. It's not just masks that you're, you're standing up against. It's, it's, uh, it has to do with uh, the types of uh, content that they're bringing into the classrooms and the libraries. Let's take a look. I'm also going to ask that if you have minors to please excuse them from the room as well as what I have is very graphic. I actually have pictures of what's in the books. This is gender queer that's in the Ankeny School District. You can look it up. It's in the books. I have the picture of what it is. I'm here to discuss these kind of books that are in our schools. And as a rape victim survivor myself, when I was age of 14 from my stepfather, this kind of thing is very triggering. I do not want this to be seen in my schools. I do not want my kids to be exposed to this. I am going to read you what these books say. I was 11 or 12 years old for the, the first time I can remember fantasizing about having a penis. I was laying fully clothed on the hillside under the open sky. I held, a, I held a folded handful of grass between my legs safe in the knowledge that I know if I if I was discovered, I could release the imaginary member and it would be disintegrate back into the scattered stalks. For years, my standard method of masturbating was stuffing a sock into the pants and masturbating to the bulge. This would develop into hip thrusting while thinking of my latest gay ship. Memorably, I got off while driving just rubbing, by rubbing the front of my jeans, imagining getting a blowjob. Fast forward, we've been dating for two months and we've made out, we've had sex, we've moved on to sexing at work. I got a new strap on harness today. I can't wait to put it on you and it will fit my favorite perfectly to my dildo. You are going to look so hot. I can't wait to have your cock in my mouth to give you the blowjob of your life. Then I want you inside of me. This was the most turn on I've ever been in my life. I am dying. This is the vigil I pictured, but I can't feel anything. This was much harder when it was only in my imagination. Let's try something else. Now I want to ask you, the school board members, do you find this obscene? Do you think this is appropriate for children in school to see? Do you think this is something that you want your child to bring home and let your other children read it to your kids? I find this very disheartening because we can't even bring a Bible into school. Because if my child was to bring a Bible into school, they would be told to take it home and not bring it back because that goes against your policy. But child pornography is not against your policy. So Kimberly, 
what is it that made you go from masks to you know addressing the other content? To, you know, what, what was the progression? Were you standing up to school boards on day one, or was it a slow process? Um, actually, it was kind of a slow process. I mean, I have seven kids, so my oldest is twenty, and my youngest is a year and a half. And I've never been to a school meet board meeting before March twenty third or second of twenty twenty one, and so it took me that long to go to an actual school board. But once I started going, I realized it went beyond the mask. It went um, to child these books that are pornographic, quite honestly, to, in our in our school systems. And so that clip that you just showed, um, they actually, that was the school live feed online. And they actually had to pan the picture, the camera away from me because the pictures I was showing on the, from the books were too graphic to have online, but they're not too graphic for our kids in school who are accessible. Um, that book was accessible to kids as young as sixth grade. And so I'm like, I'm not done. The schools, what they're doing with our kids is wrong. It's indoctrination. It's grooming <coughs> at its finest. And I will not, I will not tolerate this school is you're supposed to go to school for, to learn how to read, how to write math, history that's it we don't need to know about politics we don't need to know about child pornography we don't need to know about the sexual orientation that somebody wants to be called today like that's not what school is for and i am going to do everything i can to expose what the schools are doing what when did we end up giving up our parental rights to the school system when did we stop becoming parents and allow the government to parent our children? That's that's the real standpoint that we're facing here today. So education on uh, whatever preferences that the parental rights want to give for us, it's of course pushing our kids to uh, believe in God and uh, care for the, the, their own bodies and uh, love each other as they should. But on Fortunately, the school system's now trying to take precedence on how the sexual orientations are, how they would like to uh, be presented, and what information should be presented to these children at what age groups, which I don't know when I said, you know what, Uncle Sam, you are truly my uncle, and you should be the parent for my child. <laughs> I never said it. I don't know yeah, what you good, did, Sean. Good point, Jonathan. I think uh, this kind of thing kind of slowly creeped in year by year, and uh, too many parents uh, stood by and just let the school act as babysitters and uh, assumed that they were doing a good job, and it's really creeped up on us, and now we need to push back. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to find out, uh, what if you win all your victories? Are you going to go back to just being regular parents again, or, is, or do we have a lot more victories to win? We're going to find out as soon as we get back from this break. Did you know that annuities are a great way to protect a portion of your retirement portfolio from downside risk? And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they are probate free and can provide an income that you can't outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing choosing which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select an annuity that's right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. 
add an annuity to your retirement portfolio, and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024. Talking to Kimberly and Jonathan Reichs, they've been standing up to their school boards and talking to people nationwide on Clay Clark's Reawakening America tour about how parents can stand up for their kids' rights and parental rights. Uh, so after you won the mask uh, mandate, you know, win there in your state, uh, you didn't just uh, go back to being a regular mom. You, you kept on going. Uh, it, have you guys found a new calling for, for yourselves, for, for your life? You know, uh, how many more victories will it take until you go back to normalcy or will it ever go back to normal again? Um, I honestly think that this is our new normal um, because we had just hit the tip of the iceberg. We thought with the mask, we thought once we got the law passed, we were going to be good. We're done, right? Whoa, were we wrong. We were so wrong. Like, like I said, it just hit the tip of the iceberg. Then the CRT came in. So we fought against the CRT. We ended up getting a law passed to ban CRT in our state of, of Iowa as well. Um, then we, once we got that banned, then we realized that our school board members themselves were indoctrination. And so they were indoctrinating things that we didn't agree with. So we had to overturn those seats. We ended up getting six seats overturned in our city. Um, we got one mayor, two city council, three school board members, and we held the state rep, um, position as a Republican. So our fight is far from over. And unfortunately, I just uncovered one of the biggest things yet to happen here in Ankeny. Our high school just two days ago hosted a drag queen show where they they asked a performer of who, who is 21 years of age to come in and dance for our students. And this was um, hosted by the GSA group that is... Um, affiliated with the schools, even though the school says they had no um, authorization to present this kind of performance at the school. Um, I, I find that hard to believe since that you have to have permission to go into the school to use any kind of the facilities. So this is the kind of people, these are all men. Um, the one in the middle is the, that one is the 21 year old performer that decided he was going to make a provocative dance. There was even a picture of somebody, um, looks like what they were giving a dollar to one of the dancers right, right there. there. And this is just something that's not acceptable. And Ankeny has actually just um, allowed the DEI position to be filled in this, in our district, which is not right because what DEI is, is basically they, they say it's diversion, inclusion, equality, but that's far from what it is. And unfortunately, it's just more indoctrination and sexually exploring um, the children. In the DEI, they even want to teach third graders um, how to self-pleasure and things that, such as this. And so unfortunately, this is just the beginning of our new journey and our new normal and we are not going to stop until our kids are safe in all aspects with that being said I, I ask every single listener that's listening to this right now we can't do this alone we're we're two parents it takes 
us as a unified front to be contacting our politicians regularly, to be working on the school boards regularly, to being reaching out and supporting your spouse and your own home front regularly, whether it is the man that's coming up because us as men, we are usually pretty passive until somebody steps on our lawn. And if they're coming into our house and in our lawn, then we become the aggressive individuals. Well, I'm here to tell you today, they're not only on your lawn, they're in your house, they're in your child's heads. And I didn't realize that from the start. So I ask every single one of you, whether you're uh, the spouse or whoever, you need to do something today. Don't be passive, stand up. So you, you may not be a public speaker. God knows I am definitely not a public speaker, but you can still write a letter, write an email, uh, call your politicians. You can stand up to the school boards. You can support each other. You can uh, financially support any of the, the groups that you see uh, here as well that are, are there. You can go to uh, a Clay Clark tour and uh, reach out and see the information that's being disseminated there as well as uh, this platform. Sean, thank you so much for uh, allowing us to be on with us and uh, being able to present as well because the uh, we as uh, conservatives need to stick together and need to fight this and we will never be done because even our law that uh, got passed is still under attack. It's constantly. And so even in, if you win a battle, the war is not over. And you can also Good point. help. Jonathan, Jonathan mentioned uh, about uh, many different tactics and things that people can actually do. And I think that was a nice list. Uh, Kimberly, were there any of those tactics, those action items that parents can do that you want to emphasize? Yes, um, the school board. When you go to the school board, get a group of people to go with you. Dress alike. That's the biggest thing is because it shows unity. And in a time like this, they want us divided. But when we can come together and we can show unity that we are here together, we are fighting against this tyranny that is upon us, we will win. And if you go to our website at iowamamabears.com, we have a five-step blueprint that will help you get involved in your local area. Because like Flynn always says, local action does have national impact. And we're prime examples of that. And if you just get up, get out, and get loud, you too can make a difference in your community. You know what's inspiring is the fact that Iowa apparently has a culture of conservatism and family values and all that was needed were people to show what they actually believe in and then the laws started reflecting that culture. And I'm sure that most of the United States is like that, right? So it's just a matter of people standing up and speaking their truth, right? Right. And I think in the time right now where they're trying to censor everybody, people are scared to speak up and speak out because they're afraid of the retaliation that's going to happen like they did upon my little girl. And But you have to be strong because this is not the time to be weak and it's not the time to sit aside and what, let somebody else do it the work for you. You have to be that person in the front row saying, I'm done. This is my time to shine. This is my time to stand up for my children because it's their future that is at stake if we don't do anything about it now. And we are not the minority. We are the majority. Absolutely. I want to question Jonathan on this one uh, because there are risks, there are sacrifices, there are losses uh, 
you know, people's jobs are threatened, their reputation. It's certainly a lot easier just to say, okay, the school can do whatever they want. I'm busy. I have a full-time job. Uh, but what are some of the things for you, Jonathan, and then we can ask Kimberly, uh, what gave you strength? Uh, you know, what did you lean upon, your values, your, your spiritual uh, life? You know, what was it that, that, for example, allows you today, even though you're not a public speaker, to ba basically be on a TV program? What do you, what do you reach for for strength? So I, that's an awesome question. Thank you for asking that, Sean. Um, I have been uh, very passive religious in my past, uh, in the sense of uh, I faced some great feats. I, I haven't been close to God throughout this entire process until recently. Um, this has brought me closer to my faith, closer to God. In fact, uh, for the last five months, and I'll show you this, I've wore, and I don't know if you can see this, but it says, God's got this. And I've wore this for about five to six months now. It hasn't come off my wrist at, at any point on this. The truth of the matter is, is uh, you've got to create or not create. You have to first off have faith. And my number one uh, faith is in God. And then after that's my family and I support my family. Everything else comes second. So if you, it's not great for God and it's not great for my family, then it's not great for me. So, and my spiritual faith has increased substantially when he, even when I went to the first Clay Clark tour piece, I talked about how uh, the hardships I faced in my uh, occupation and uh, the potential of me losing my job over the vaccination, um, all of those things. And uh, my faith wasn't great. And I talked about those pieces that uh, came, that were in my life at the time. And uh I've said to uh, Aaron, uh, which is one of the people that's on the Clay Clark tour, and uh, Aaron Antis, and I said to him, he goes, I know you've told all these uh, pastors and all this stuff why you're not close to God right now. I'm a salesperson. You explain to me why you're not close to God. And uh, I explained to him. And even then, after he tried to talk me into being close to God, I couldn't find my faith. And it took this movement and this event. And the events, the situations that have happened to us. We were driving down to Tulsa, Oklahoma to, for an event and uh, literally my low t tire pressure light came onto my truck and I had to pull off with my wife and I looked at my tires, there's nothing wrong with them. The, the tires are perfectly fine. Check the air pressure, they're perfectly fine. Get back into it. I'm like, I don't know what the deal is. Start driving, the low tire pressure came off. The Right after that, a semi had flipped over literally in the lane we were in. And I, I uh, believe it was God's will that we weren't killed during that. So it's the police hadn't even gotten there at that point. It was right then and there. So we have uh, some protection that's uh, happening. That's uh, undeniable yeah, <laughs> that uh, we can't explain. And uh, the attacks that come yeah. as a result of what's happening are, we're literally getting death threats. And that does not waver our spiritual and uh, religious beliefs and our belief in our own family and friends. So, Absolutely. And you guys have had a lot of victories and you've, you've had a lot of support. And I'm sure that it strengthens you. But there were weak, weak moments. Uh, there were times, Kimberly, when your marriage was falling apart and it seemed like you were fighting with 
uh, every school board member and every situation. And you had seven kids who had all their own needs. And so how did you, in those moments where people were doubting you and you were under stress, how did you find strength? Um, honestly, throughout all this, when I first went to the reawaken tour, I really didn't have a religion that I fell back on. I grew up Christian science. So my perspective of Christianity and stuff like that is totally different from everybody else's. Um, so, but through going through the reawaken tours and going to Tulsa and allowing, getting, um, the platform to speak and tell my daughter's story, like God was working in my favor without me knowing. And he definitely, um, woke me up. I what like I said, I was not um, a religious person. I even considered myself an atheist at the time. But what brought me into God and gave me strength is one day I was getting begged by my friend to pray. She's like, just pray, Kim, just try praying one time. And I'm like, girl, I ain't no prayer, whatever. So I said, okay, you know what? I'm just going to do it. So one night when I went to speak, I said, okay, God, um, please show me you're real. Do something and show me you are real. And that night I went to sleep and in our room we have a touch screen um, light switch that doesn't come on unless you touch it. Well, our light came on in our room. And at first I'm like, okay, thinking it was one of my kids or whatever. I woke up, looked around, nobody. It went off and it came back on. And at this point, I was getting a little nervous. And so I said to me, myself, I said, God, if this is you, turn that light on one more time. And it came on and it scared the crap out of me. And I honestly thought I'd like summon some demons or something. So I didn't say anything to anybody for a couple of days because I was nervous that like, what did I just awaken? What did I just do? And so I went back to sleep a couple nights later. I said, okay, God, if you were real, please show me again, show me that you're real. Later that night, I get this gentle nudge on my shoulders, like a wake up. And I'm thinking it was my kids. So I'm swatting, like, leave me alone. I'm tired, go away. And it wasn't my kids. It wasn't my husband. And I feel it again. And then this time when I felt it, I felt an overwhelming, like calmness where it's just like, it's okay, I'm here. And that's how I found my strength. And that's how I found that God is real, that God will always have my back. Even if I didn't have faith in him, he still had faith in up in me yeah. to know that this is what I needed to go through to get to him. And yeah. that's where I will I can really, find my strength. I can really relate to both of you. I think that these... Uh, weird kind of surreal events that have been unfolding in our country have woken a lot of us up spiritually and brought us closer to God. And we've realized how we've, we've lacked faith for a long time, but God, it was there for us when we found our spouse and when we had our child and when we were at our low points and bringing us victories. So God has been, you know, with you guys the whole time. And it's great to see that uh, you're getting more victories all the time. You're inspiring others. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. I'm going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Christopher Key, who has been arrested and fired for standing up for health freedom as soon as we get back.
Christopher Key is developing a reputation for holding individual tyrants accountable in a court of law. Let's take a look. There's a policy that says if you have a medical condition, then you don't have to wear a mask. If you have a, 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 a medical condition and or a religious exemption, you do not have to wear a mask. OK, if they continue to tell the people that they have to, they are committing fraud and we will prosecute them and, and they, we will take them to trial and they have to stand down. And this work, because I'm not just doing it to the big corporations. I'm going after these people individually. And that's how you do it. When you go after these people individually, they will stand down. They have stand down. And we see that it works. And we're going to keep doing this, and I'll go anywhere and everywhere to help any family that is having this taken advantage of them because our children have to be taken care of. And nobody's taking up for these kids that they're going to put these vaccines into our children, which is the mRNA vaccine, which I know is very, very dangerous. And, and, and for my doctors, we're looking at one to five years. These people that take it, they will not be live past that. And, and we can't do these to these kids, and that's what they're going after next. They're going to do this to our children but when school starts back because they're going to say there's another um, a breakout or whatnot. It's because of us that didn't get vaccinated, that didn't wear the mask, and they're going to blame it on us. Well, here we are. They're trying to say that there's a monkeypox thing going around now. And, uh, yeah, always, there's always something next. And, uh, Christopher, I want to talk to you about what you've done in the past that has worked. What, what battles have, have you won using your tactics? Beautiful, brother. It's not monkey pox. It's money pox. It's money pox. And all you have to do is follow the money right to Ferret Fauci, right to Billy Bob Gates. And you'll see that this is always, always about the money. We, we at the Vaccine Police, we're about taking action and we're about solutions. And we have been able to shut down boards of education. When we walk into pharmacies now, they physically close their doors because they know how powerful our paperwork is. Anybody out there, we show you how to take action. All you have to do is go to my website, vaccine-police.com. You print out the dossier from Dr. David Martin. You print out the affidavit from whistleblower Karen Kingston. We show you how to do your own affidavit. You go serve these documents. Anybody that's doing ill will to God's people and God's children, anybody that's telling you you have to take a PCR test, you have to wear this mask, or you have to take this bioweapon, you serve this to them. You give them 48 hours to rebut this information. When they do not rebut this information, you then go down to the sheriffs, you file a criminal complaint with the sheriffs, then you also go file a complaint with the bonding agency and the license agency. All these um, individuals are licensed and bonded. This is our kryptonite, guys. And this is where you guys out there that are listening to this, you can take action. You know, if you take this information you learned today and you share it with one other person, one will turn to two, two will turn to four. And before you know it, seven billion souls will know what's going on, brother. Absolutely. So you've actually done this and had success. Tell us about some of the experiences. Uh, again, when, when I first went in to um, Jefferson County Board of Education and served them, they all laughed at me. They all made fun of me. Uh, they escorted me out like a dog. Uh, but then two weeks later, after their lawyers looked over the documents, uh, they made a public announcement and said, look, we strongly encourage the children of Alabama to wear masks, but they don't have to. And we strongly encourage them to, to take the bioweapon, but they don't have to. Guys, this works. And we also now have over 2 million children that, that are no longer wearing masks because other people and myself serve these documents to the boards of education, to the governors, to their medical doctor, to their boss. This information is bulletproof. It proves that this is not a pandemic. This is a pandemic. This is not a vaccine. This is a bioweapon that we have proof now from bears that over 27,000 people within a few days of taking this bioweapon have dropped dead. 
So you've had some experiences in Whole Foods and Walmart and different places, and you're talking about holding specific individuals accountable,、uh, and the, many of them are bonded, and so you're going after their bond.、Uh, can you explain what types of people are bonded and who who are not bonded, and and what are some of the challenges that people are experiencing that they're seeking remedy for right now? Again, they're making it very hard to find、um, the, the bonding agencies and the insurance agency, and that's why a lot of times you have to do a FOIA request. But all your officials, every one of your officials, is licensed and bonded.、Um, all these medical doctors are licensed and bonded.、Um, all these hospitals are licensed and bonded. The, the, these、um, superintendents are all licensed and bonded, and we go after every single one of them individually. Individually, we go after them all of them. You don't go after the, the 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 entity. You go after an individual because then you can hold them accountable. You can sue for their home, their pension, their retirement. You know,、um, their boat. You, you go after them individually.、And、this is what they're scared to death of because every single one of them, they think they're hiding behind the corporation. But no, we pierce the corporate veil and we go after them individually. Every single one of them individually, we go after them. So, what what are some examples of officials that 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 people? Might find the need to do this.、Uh, school board members,、uh, who else? Again, anybody, Sean, that is doing ill will to God's people and God's children, they're telling you you have to wear a mask, you have to take a PCR test, or you have to take this bioweapon from your governor to your attorney general um, 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 to your doctor、um, to your boss, you know,、um, to, to your superintendent, to your principal, to your teacher. Anybody that's telling you you have to take this bioweapon, you have to wear a mask, do a PCR test. You serve these documents, guys, because again, the election's almost over with, and money pox or whatever pox is coming back. There's going to be a new lockdown, and that's why we we can't、um, think that we've won now, and because they've finally taken the mask off. Because I promise you, the masks are coming back, guys. And again, don't believe anything I say, because again, I'm not a medical doctor. I do not practice medicine without a license. But just to, to show you guys a little bit about myself, a little bit of my accomplishments, and why I know what I know.、Um, I was on the cover of Sports Illustrated on 60 Minutes. We were banned by the NFL, the PGA, Major League Baseball. You know, we were part of four national championships, three Super Bowls, seven consecutive championships in a row. But my greatest accomplishment, and why I know what I know, Sean, is when I became a father, and, and that's when my children were born with one of the most rare diseases on the planet called phenylketonuria. Well, they'll never eat protein the rest of their life, and because of this disease, I was forced to look at anything and everything that went to their body. And that was when I went to my pediatrician and asked him to show me the study that this new schedule that my children were going to take of 72 vaccines before they're 18 years of age. And when he told me there was no study, I'm like, holy cow! And then I learned, Sean, that in 2010 the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that all vaccines are unavoidably unsafe. Did you hear what I just said? 2010, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that all vaccines are unavoidably unsafe. And then we learned in 1986, Ronald Reagan passed the Vaccine Injury Act that exempt all vaccine companies of any and all liability. And then he mandated that everybody buy the product. Wouldn't you love to have a company that the government mandated that everybody buy the product and exempt you of any and all liability? That that is a goldmine, and that's what people don't understand. Right now, you got uh, uh, Dr. Malone and you got、uh, Dr. McCullough. They're all telling everybody that this. 
COVID vaccine is terrible. It's the worst thing they've ever seen. And they are correct, Sean. They are correct. But what they're not telling you and what they tell you in the next sentence is that all the other ones are safe. All these other ones are safe, like hepatitis B and MMR and all these other flu vaccines. I'm here to tell you, brother, I've studied this for 23 years. And I know there is no vaccine that is safe. I wouldn't let Satan himself take any of these vaccines, especially this COVID vaccine. And, And that's why at the vaccine police, we're about solutions. We're about taking care of the temple. Sean, you can't go preach God's word if you don't take care of his temple. And and, and that's what they're doing. They're poisoning your temple with these vaccines, with the water, with the food, you know, w- w- with the air that we're breathing. And we show you how to build back the temple. And that's what got me banned by the NFL, the PGA, Major League Baseball, because of my IGF-1 that people have no clue about, but it's one of the most amazing substances in the world, brother. Interesting story there. And I, I'm with you that, you know, as far as the other vaccines go, uh, big pharma and the government, they've lost their credibility. So you can't really trust anything they say anymore. So it'd be pretty hard to convince me to inject myself or my family with uh, anything else at this point. Uh, but yeah, my, my son was born three years ago and uh, it was quite difficult to, to stand firm uh, with these so-called medical professionals to just tell them, no, I don't want you to inject my, my child who was just born with uh, any substance. Uh, but this is, this is the journey we're on of, of uh, standing in our sovereignty. Uh, Christopher, you've lost a lot. You know, you, uh, this isn't easy for you to stand up, but I can see you have a fire in your belly that uh, you have a lot of passion for this. What keeps you uh, courageous enough to continue and to, to fight so strongly? Well, number one and first of us is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, I do this all for him. And after that, I do this for my children and my grandchildren, uh, because I promise you, they're never going to look at me and say, Dad, Granddad, why did you stand up to this tyranny? Why did you do something about this? Guys, I'm doing my part. My question is, are you guys doing your part? Because most of us Christians, we sit around and we wait, we're waiting on getting beamed up. But guys, you know, we have to take action. We have to speak up. We have to speak out. And, and that's what we do with the vaccine police. We call these tyrants, these satanic Luciferians out. Going back to your child when they were born three years ago, you know, three years ago when that child was born, they want to give that child the hepatitis B vaccine within 24 hours of being born. Help me understand why is it that we know the only way you can get hepatitis is through sharing needles and having sex. So do they really believe that these children within 24 hours are going back to neonatal and, and they're having a sex orgy back there or they're all back there shooting up, you know, intravenously. I mean, no, guys. I mean, th- this is so satanic. This is so Luciferian. And, and we have to stand up and speak up. And that's what we do with the vaccine police. We show you how to take action. We show you how to take, take care of your temple. And if anybody needs any of the things that we have, we love to give them away. My, my cell number is 205-936-9803. If you want our pain chips, our energy chips, the chlorine dioxide, if you want our IGF-1, please send me a text, brother. I went to your website and I see that you have a lot of documentaries on health uh, regarding uh, fluoride, aspartame, different things. Uh, any comments on resources you have? Say that again. You have a lot of documentaries on your website about the dangers of fluoride, aspartame, and different substances. Uh, anything else you want to say about what's on your website as far as resources to learn about health? Well, again, knowledge is power. And, and we try to give you all the information. And I tell everybody, guys, 
don't believe anything Christopher Key says. You know, do what the Lord commands you to do, and that is test and prove all things. Not some things, but all things. And if you do this, you'll find the truth. And it, when you go and do the research on genetically modified organisms, you'll see that they were never intended for human consumption. If you go look at aspartame, if you go look at fluoride, these are all toxic chemicals. Going to fluoride, fluoride is the most toxic element on the planet. You know, it, it, I mean, it's completely, totally toxic. But why would we put it into the human body? It's the same thing with genetically modified organisms. You know, that's the last thing that you ever want to take in. And guys, the, the, the soil used to have everything we needed as far as the alkaloids that, 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 to get rid of, of cancer, um, diabetes, dementia, um, Alzheimer's. All these things were in the soil. But Big Pharma realized that if they took it out of the soil, then they could sell it back to us in a petroleum-based product. Uh, backed by Rockefeller Medicine, okay? I'm here to tell you guys, your body does not need petroleum, okay? Newsflash, you don't need petroleum, okay? You don't need it in any form of the fashion. The, the, the body needs real water, real food, real supplements, real herbs, and real frequencies. And when you do this, the body, I believe, can heal it from any and all things. Because I believe there is no disease, brother. All there is is lack to lack of cell to um, cell to cell communication. When the cells quit communicating with each other, they then cause inflammation, which uh, big pharma calls disease. But all you have to do, Sean, is make the um, make the cells recommunicate, and the disease goes away. It's all about energy. It's all about frequencies. You've been doing commentary on making men men again. And I think you're talking about this culturally, but I also think you're talking about this biologically. Uh, can you comment on, on some of these videos you've been making about making men men again? Yeah, brother, because our men have been feminized. Our men have been filled full of, 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 of soy, uh, pesticides and herbicides. And, and that's why I have one of the most amazing products in the world called IGF-1. Anybody out there knows that, that if they talk to an anti-aging doctor, they will tell you, if you want to stay young and beautiful, you want to take synthetic HGH, okay? But it costs anywhere from two to $4,000 a month. It's very, very expensive. But what they don't tell you, when you inject it into your subcutaneous fat, it's transferred by the, the liver to IGF-1. IGF-1 is what does everything. This is what makes men men again. This is what allows women to balance their own hormones again. And we have deer that we harvest out of New Zealand, Sean. Their antlers, their antlers are the fastest growing substance on planet Earth. They grow nearly an inch a day. And what we've been able to do is freeze dry, put into a lipo delivery system that gives you 98% absorption. You spray it under your tongue, and we have randomized double blind placebo studies that prove that our 100,000 nanogram IGF-1 increases your IGF-1 levels by 20%, our 200,000 increases it by 40%, and the 300,000 increases your IGF-1 levels by 60%. And this is why we were banned by the NFL, the PGA, Major League Baseball, NCAA, because this product works so well, and they don't want our men to be men again. They don't want us to be standing up to these tyranny. They don't want us to speak up and speak out like I do every single day or twice on Sunday. But it's not just for, for men, it's also for women. And we believe it's all about taking care of your temple. You can't go preach God's word if you don't take care of your temple. And that's why we offer solutions. Like this little round chip on my head right here, if you have a headache or any pain in your body, you put it where the pain is, the pain is instantly gone with no drugs, no chemicals, no surgery. And they don't want you to have access to this because this will do away with pharmakia, which is nothing but sorcery. It has nothing to do with God. It's all satanic. It's all Luciferian. And they want you to buy into this system. Sean, would you ever go to a, a plumber that was practicing how to fix a toilet or a mechanic that was practicing how to fix an engine? But we put so much faith in these men and women that tell you in the open that they're practicing medicine. 
I'm here to tell you they haven't figured it out, guys. Uh, they haven't figured it out. They know how to poison the human body to cause a problem that they can put a Band-Aid on with one drug and another Band-Aid on for a second drug. This is all about the money, and this is all about making you part of the system. It's time you get out of the system. It's the time you become your own doctor and take care of your own temple, brother. Well, it seems like you had to go down the rabbit hole pretty early on with your children's uh, health condition. And now uh, your website has a lot of documentaries. There's another documentary there about the soil you're talking about, how it's been stripped of uh, nutrients and so forth, and what people can do to grow their own food. So check out all the resources on vaccine-police.com. Thank you, Christopher Key. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll give you my final thoughts. I'm Clay Clark and I'm not an inventor. And this is Bob. My name is Bob Healy and I'm the inventor of the Grill Blazer Grill Gun. Gentlemen, let me introduce you to the Grill Gun. Oh! I would have greened that anyway. I need that! Yes! So Bob, how does your equation work? Okay, now hang on. It's a fairly sophisticated equation. You have a grill gun. It creates fire. Fire plus grilling equals America. You push it down and... Yeah. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Check it out! <laughs> fire plus grilling equals America. Thank you for watching Making Sense of the Madness, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, right here on AmericanMediaPeriscope.com, America's Patriot-only network. Today, we interviewed three patriots, three regular, God-fearing people who actually decided to do something about all the tyranny in our country. And they're winning battles, and they're helping us win the war. They can't do it alone. You have to step up for yourself. Share this episode with others. Spread the knowledge and have the courage have the courage to do something. Stand up for yourself, your family, your children, and the future generations. God bless all you patriots. Good night and good luck.